got me out of um, some tough stuff in the past is, um, and it, there's various different iterations, it's that which does not destroy us, makes us stronger. And I, I kind of rely on it less now, but there was a time where that was almost my mantra. You know, doing the really tough stuff, then thinking at some point I'm going to come through this and it's going to make me who I am. And it will craft a version of me who's more resilient, who's stronger, who's more able to cope, um, and who's, who's more up for the adventure. And that's kind of where, I, where I've got to. Hi, I'm Oliver Burquez, co-founder of 40 Fit, and welcome to the Brain, Brawn and Business Podcast, a podcast where I get business owners on to talk about their motivation, inspiration, successes and challenges they face in business. We'll provide some valuable and inspiring content for those that are in business or for those that are aspiring to start their business journey. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, just before I start the podcast with Nick, I just want to let you know I've got two spaces left on my 10-week lifestyle transformation performance program, which starts on Monday, this Monday, 14th October. So if you're interested, just drop me a message or an email on any of my details and the podcast coming up with Nick now. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Oliver here. I'm joined with Nick Luby. Uh, thanks for coming on, Nick. Pleasure. So let me give some a little bit of background on Nick because... Very uh, excited about having you on, mate. Very interesting guy to talk to. Nick's a modern communicator, uh, communication specialist, expert in human interaction, which we'll explore, and have worked with some big organisations like BBC, HSBC, Bayer Animal Health, Procter & Gamble. So that's a huge list of some big organisations, Nick, which I look forward to hearing how that's gone. Mm-hmm. And also author of a book, wrote a couple of books. Best known one is uh, Modern Zombies, which... Um, which is yeah, fascinating book, and I'm looking forward to reading as you've given me a copy. But Nick, no thanks for coming on. Absolute pleasure. And anything else that you wanted to add to your um, yes, list the, of life, or the, anything else you're doing? The, the bio sounds sounds great. Makes me makes me sound uh, fabulous. And it's been a, a an amazing journey. But I am now yes, uh, very proud to call myself a modern zombie slayer. <laughs> yeah. And that means different things to different people, but we'll, yeah. we'll no doubt get onto that. We will what definitely, we will, we will definitely get onto that, mate, because I think player. that um, that's going to be something good for people to understand. Because people listening to this that don't know the book, going zombie slayer. Yeah, what's that? Do zombies exist? Yeah, a lot of people asking that question. Yeah, before we get there, what's what's your first job after uni? College I, or I joined. So I left university a long time ago um, with a philosophy and literature degree. Um, which is one of those zero vocational degrees. And I joined a company selling bits of buses in London, driving around London in a van, selling bits of buses, which was um, which is kind of weird. I got to know London very well from one bus depot to the next, but dealing with professional purchases when I knew absolutely nothing about selling was tough. And yeah. I, I, I haven't done that many different jobs Every three years, I kind of move from one job to the other, and then I've been running the training company for 16 years. But I've done various different sales jobs, um, and kind of know my way around selling, but kind of fell out of love with the whole kind of sales process. And it dawned on me that the thing I love about business is people, 
not so much selling, but people. Um, so yeah, I've had a few different jobs, but not a massive amount, but predominantly sales-based. Yeah, so in all the questions I've asked this, the first job, I haven't had a bit selling bits of buses. So oh, it's a man. So, to come in here, so what, uh, that's a really unusual job. So first of all, what bits of the buses did you sell? <laughs> Was that a hard sell, trying to sell bits of buses? It, it, it sounds like you know, I've turned up with a bloody you know, a bumper under me. It's a weird old, it's a, it's a weird warehouse full of different bits. So it's all, all London buses, so all the big double-deckers and the whole variety of the buses travelling around London. If, um, if any of those aren't working, it costs the company a fortune. So it was handy to have a warehouse full of bits that you'd go into their, their, their garages um, based on the stuff they need. The stuff they need. Um, we sold, probably sold more than anything else, um, glass hammers. The, the hammers that you use to smash the, smash the windows in, a, in, a, um, in an accident. Um, not that they had a lot of accidents and needed to smash a lot of windows, but kids kept nicking them to smash car windows and then hit each other with. Um, which is great business for us because it's a law, they have to carry these things on the buses. Um, and they were just very nickable. So God knows how many of those we got, got through. Yeah. Yeah, so Bless those kids for smashing car windows and each other. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. weird, a weird yeah, business yeah. going into bus depots. It was based really on, on all the stuff they need. But then, because I think sales is a tough one, and I think you know, business ultimately is, some, is, is generally selling, selling a product or buying a product. You know, it sort of seems to be transactions that happens in most, most industry and stuff. Um, where that can be quite tough, it can certainly help you. Do you find that sort of that tough early day, you know, trying to sell something it's quite hard to sell? Does that help shape you a little bit? Does that help you now? And to think you've had a bit of a tough, tough graft early on? Yeah, I think so. Um, it certainly wasn't easy. And the, the bit I enjoyed most and was probably best at was just having a conversation and just asking a load of questions. So what is it you need? You know, what, what causes your, what causes your problem? What, what can we do differently that would help you as a, as an organisation? And that kind of shaped the rest of my career. So I kind of cut my teeth on what does a business conversation look and feel like from a very early age. It only really dawns on you years later that you think, actually, I, that's where I've picked up that skill. Yeah. Dealing with these long, kind of, long in the tooth, incredibly professional purchasing teams that knew every sales um, patter in the, in the book. I know you've spoken to Rupert in the past and uh, that the Sandler system approaches them very differently. Um, I wish I'd known that when I was trying to sell yeah. bits of buses because yeah. they most definitely led the sales dance. Yeah, it's, it's an, I'm a huge advocate of it actually and what you, the approach is certainly fits in line with it makes it much easier because it's not about selling as much, you know. But going back to so your journey, because it fascinates me because what you do now and seeing the stuff and the content you've produced and the people you work with, I love the social interaction. I'm a firm believer in that. So did you have a passion for that? Because obviously you did, because people don't know, you said about the degree you did, mm -hmm. and then obviously, so did your passion come? Did you always want to get into the communications, create a business around that? Or when did that sort of dawn on you wanted so to do I, um, for For quite some time, I had this idea that I'd like to work for myself and I'd like to create a training company. Didn't really know what that looked like, 
but it was it was an idea. Um, so training company, because brief chat in the affair, you like to help people, which is something I sense in you. Is, is that what you meant, training, because you wanted to help people? Yeah, because the, throughout my kind of working career, the, the most fascinating bit was the people side. It doesn't matter what the product was or, you know, kind of what the business looked like. It was the people involved. And I wanted to run a company that was based around helping people. And then it became a company helping people communicate much better than they, they ever thought. And it, it was an idea. Um, and it was, it was kind of in the background for some time. And I was working for um, a sales organization in Soho um, and had a really interesting conversation with my boss at the time. And that this, this story is in the, in the book. We went out for lunch, okay, and uh, in Soho, a little Italian restaurant. It was beautiful, uh, beautiful food, nice drop of, of red wine. Well, this is going to be a great lunch. And she asked me early on in the conversation, Nick, what do you really want to do? And at the time, I thought that was just part of a very open, almost philosophical discussion that we were going to have over, over lunch. So I answered kind of foolishly, but honestly, saying I'd love to run my own training company. And a week later, one week later to the day, I was in her office and she was making me redundant. Shit! <laughs> Awful timing. Absolutely dreadful timing. And I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, the, the timing was horrendous. Um, but in the back of my mind was, well, you've always wanted to run a training company, Nick. You said it. Now's the time. And it was, it was kind of the kick up the arse that I needed to say, okay, well, let's you know, put your money where your mouth is and get on with it. And from there on in, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. So go, we'll go on to the journey in a minute, but the, what, what interests me, fascinates me, I suppose, is sometimes a situation is forced upon you which will take a better direction. An example of that. Um, you getting made redundant has led you to have a great career and continue to do what you do and love. Mm -hmm. um, so what's, it's my serendipity moment, isn't it? But what's is um, interesting is if that hadn't happened, you'd stayed in that job, would your path then take different a different direction you know it's interesting isn't it? you know you've had that passion you might have, you said the right answer to her and you're suddenly in a job for 10 years and you didn't pursue your passion so yeah and I, so. I, I, over over the years since um, I'm a massive fan of, of authenticity okay and people a lot of people talk about it but you don't see it as often as uh, as you'd like to and I guess at the time I was being authentic this is what I'd love to do didn't know what it kind of looked like at the time but if, you, if you're kind of true to yourself um, and you're honest about that with, with yourself and those around you, I like to think you start heading in a direction that, that brings you joy. And it, it has. It, it's tough. My God, that's something you learn pretty early on. Yeah, Business is really hard. Yeah, of course, of course. But I think um, what, you know, I totally agree with you, you know, being authentic, being passionate and if you enjoy what you do and you're passionate then it's going to carry you in good stead you know I do believe that you know I love this for me fitness industry love the fitness industry like helping people hugely passionate about it and it comes across quite enthusiastic and uh, yeah. come across to class yeah. me um, 
and I can see that sort of passion in yourself and, and how you do it. So when you've got, like you say, you've got a passion for something and you really believe in it, yeah, you just, you, you'll find a way it'll work out. Yeah, I'm massively enthusiastic about what I do. Yeah. To the point where people have said, God, you're annoying, aren't you? <laughs> in, in mid-flow, when, I, when, I, when I'm working and I'm speaking at, you know, a, a, with a group, I'm working but with that group. So, 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 yeah, so interesting, let's bring, let's bring up with annoying because sometimes in communication, you need to shake it up. And actually, being annoying, if someone said you're annoying, might work to your advantage, do you think? Because yeah, you're I not just going to be liked or that. And, you know, them saying you're annoying actually changes it up. Like, you've probably said something that's. Do you feel that? So it's uh, almost like it can work to your advantage that you've been I a bit annoying. I love the adventure that a conversation can open up. And. Um, you know, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. You know, I'd love to hear what people's opinions are. Um, and fascinated to know where that opinion comes from. You know, and it was, it was based on just massively enthusiastic and optimistic and um, just really energizing the room, which rubbed him up the wrong way, which was, was a fabulous conversation to start. Yeah, but I think you saying that shows real Real, uh, you're comfortable in yourself and your self-belief that actually you know what you you know so you're passionate you believe in what you do you want to help people you're only coming from a good place so when you're comfortable like that and you have those values which in the short space of conversation we had I can sense you um, it doesn't matter if they're being negative because you're comfortable in that and actually you're learning from that and by the sounds of it having that conversation to find out where you need to improve so I think that's a good thing. And do you feel that getting criticism is important to you and, and, and learning from that? Yeah, um, within reason. You know, always, always learning, that's, that's for sure. And the, the area that I specialise in, human communication, is, um, is it's forever changing. Um, and it depends where the criticism comes from. If it's informed criticism, then absolutely fine. There's a big push towards um, being able to have crucial conversations. You know, how do I talk about absolutely anything with anyone whilst maintaining mutual respect and common purpose? Um, and if, if that's the way the conversation goes, no problem whatsoever. Uh, I'm not a big fan of people hiding behind who they are or what they do or perhaps a, a social media platform to... Um, to look at something from a negative perspective without kind of seeing where that's coming from, without the, the context that you, you, you would, would be useful to have a conversation around. But yeah, always learning. So I don't mind what people, what people say. You know, I've, I've spoken at events before and feedback's been phenomenal. You know, you get 400 massively positive bits of feedback and you get three or four that aren't. And for a long time, I was a bit obsessed about the three or four that, you know, and that, what's so what's, positive. And so what's changed now, Nick? How, do you deal, how would you deal with it? You said a long time. What have you done now? What's different when you get the three or four? I guess, I guess I've grown up um, and got over myself and realised you can't please everybody. You know, and I'm really comfortable with my content, what I'm doing, having great fun doing it. But it's not for everyone. It's only for the courageous. And some people aren't courageous enough yet. Yeah, yeah. So explain to me um, 
with the human information, human interaction, human communications, how so how does it work? How does the business work? How does it how does it sort of? I'd like to know a little bit more because human interaction fascinates me. I think it's. I mean, I was at a networking event this morning actually, and mm-hmm. um, chatting to chatting to a guy, and we were saying about still good old fashioned picking up the phone, chatting, meeting up. You can't beat it. You know the emails and things get lost in translation. Um, a previous guest on actually saying that. But what's important is is this conversation, this interaction, and, and getting to know people. So I'm a huge advocate of it, but I'd like to know more because you're a little bit different, a little bit of a twist on it. How it works in your world and how that. Yeah, so um, it, it took a little while to kind of, I, when I was writing the book, really, so I, the book started as a book around what do I know about communication and some strategies and tools, techniques to enhance how people communicate. And in the process, I realised that the biggest thing that's getting in the way of really effective communication is technology and those people that are hiding behind it. And during the research for the, for the book and all the conversations that I've had, um, it, it, it became apparent that because we love our tech so much, and my message is not anti-technology, um, it's just I wish we could use the tech smarter to enable more human. But because we are um, obsessive fans of our, of our tech, addicted and distracted by it, we love cheap, easy and convenient communication. If it's cheap, easy and convenient, we love it. And that's our go-to position. But cheap, easy and convenient means you have to sacrifice empathy, rapport and human resonance. And empathy, rapport and resonance are so, so important. That's why human interaction is very, very different from what, what most people will try and get away with, just a communication transaction. And there's huge value in the empathy and the rapport and that, that resonance. And as humans, we've evolved to be amazing at it, but we seem to have forgotten that there's huge value in it. And cheap, easy, convenient doesn't quite cut it. If you work in a transactional business, and it's all it is is about transactions, then it's a great time to be alive and in business because the tech is beautiful at the transactional side. But most people I work with are in the, the relationship um, and customer building business and that takes interactions that takes more of the the human aspects we need more empathy and and rapport with our clients if we're going to build better relationships Uh, that can't just be a transactional option so it um, I made a decision a little while ago to only work with courageous organizations those who will afford the time the energy and have a culture that enables people to do more of the human stuff and that's what I talk about it's from stage in the book in workshops and it's all of the strategies required to almost remind ourselves how good we are at that human interaction yeah it's great and I think like you know BBC HSB you know to these big organizations you work with when you went into them was it did people buy into it or does it take a bit of time? I mean, you go in there and you're saying, look, this is where this, this workshop's going to work today at a business. And then is it, or they convert straight away? How's? And this is where the, the courage comes in. So there are organisations on that list that I don't work with anymore because they, are, they aren't courageous. Um, and you know, you know very early on in a workshop um, what the audience 
how, how your, your content is going to resonate with the audience. A lot of workshops, if the team have, it's requ a requirement that they come rather than they volunteered to come, um, it's a very different workshop. Of course. Uh, so I, I, I want to work with the people that want to be in the room. Uh, it, it, it's just Energy's hard work so to turn better. people around. Yeah, you can do it, of course, um, but I've had a lot of negativity in the past in, in workshops. Gen generally, you know, negativity with in business is, is a tough yeah, it really hurdle sat, it sat to overcome. Me. Yeah, it does, and I think, unfortunately, there's it, it's, it's too much negativity in the, in the world and the way people are, you know, we, we don't... Half, half, half glass full, half empty, isn't it? You know, and it's too much half empties. And it, yeah, what happened it, to the brimming over? Yeah, you know? I know, mate. I, I get it. I really, you know, um, as I said being positive is so important. It's, it's me, and I'm a huge advocate of the positivity. So, yeah, I get it. But that must be a really challenge for you. You know, one of the things I, I like to cover is, is talking about challenges in business. I suppose for you, that is that is that probably your biggest challenge: converting people in a workshop that. Well, yeah, I, I don't do that stuff anymore. If they don't want to be there, then I don't want them in the room. Yeah. You know, my business has been going long enough to, you know. I'm Would you make that clear at the start then? Yeah, 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 I'm old enough and, and, and I guess wise enough and I've been around the block a few times. So um, if they don't want to be there, don't be there. You know, and that's hence only courageous organisations. Yeah. Um, because no point. Because they have one eye on, you know, what's waiting for them when they get back to the desk. Now, the, the stuff I do is transformational. It changes the way people think and act. And if people don't have the headspace for that, or they're not at the right, it's not the right time, or they don't have the hunger for it, it's no point. It's no point. I've done that in the past, um, and it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, of course we get it. It's just at, the, at that point, and in the early days of business, it's it's very much about I need to put food on the table. Yeah. You know, so I need I need clients, I need business. And I'll, I'll say yes to a load of stuff. Yeah, not saying yes to a load of stuff anymore, because it's the, it works amazingly for some people and some teams, some organisations. It's not for everybody. Yeah, no, that's get it. fine. You know, I'm only one person. I can't, um, I can't change the world. Uh, no, but you can impact what you're doing, and you want the right people in there to be able to impact it. Because then the energy in the room must be well. If everyone's on the on the on the same page, the energy must be fantastic. In Amazing. Yeah, that's it. I can Absolutely imagine. Amazing. I can really imagine. Um, so, as a, you know, a business owner lead in what you're doing, um, daily habits, morning routine, evening routine, these, these sort of fascinate me. Do you, have a, do you have any top daily habits? Do you have a morning routine, evening routine? Is there any, any of them you can share? So, I thought this was an interesting question because uh, it made me think about, okay, what do I do on a, on a regular basis? And it wouldn't so much, I would say, be habits they're kind of more, for me, priorities. So, um, you know, I have, I, have a, I, have a, I have a regime, I like a bit of order, um, but that's just kind of standard human get up, make the bed, have a shower, have breakfast, drink plenty of water, you know, just kind of common sense things. Although I do believe you can judge a person by, do they make their bed in the morning? Um, and any listeners, if you look at the bed and it ain't made, then I, me personally, and I could be wrong, will judge you as a certain type of person. Yeah, there's a, there's a, um, David Goggins is quite a well-known ex-Navy SEAL, his journey, you should, mm -hmm. should have listened to his podcast, he's a fascinating guy, um, and obviously Navy SEAL, and he says he makes his bed every morning, the importance of making your bed. Um, and then, oh, I forget what the other one I heard, anyway, it was an ex-Army person or Navy SEAL, someone like that. 
and they said that then if nothing else goes well in the day, you come home to a made bed. Yeah, I, th I think there's, <laughs> there's, there's something in that. Yeah. And I have a number of these kind of, we could call them habits, um, but kind of the way I, I kind of do things. So I'm, I'm constantly reading, I, I like to exercise, you know, I love to, to, to walk, I love to find time for me outside of the, the business. Um, I, so it's, it's kind of routines yeah. rather than um, so much habits. Yeah. But yeah, there's probably a long list that, that you know, if I, if I put them down on a bit of paper, it'd sound quite anal. But they're, they're probably just very common traits of uh, someone who's organised. I have a military background. My dad was in the army and I went to a military boarding school. So a lot of this stuff probably comes from Yeah, but they're, but, but they're, you know, they're, they're really important. So I want to go, you said about, you know, having, you know, going for a walk or, and, uh, you know, exercising and you're making your bed. If, if God, that sounds things, interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, but, the, but the, this is interesting on a daily basis. If yeah. you don't do those things, mm -hmm. how do you feel? Does it affect your produ productivity? Yeah, day. yeah, yeah, and um, I guess that comes from uh, I like I like to know I like to have a plan, okay, and I get that business is uh, is is chaotic, but where I can plan, I like to plan. I'm a stickler for turning up places early. Much rather be an hour early than five minutes late. You know, I think that there's massive kind of respect in that. So I like to plan where I'm going, what I'm doing. Um, but I also enjoy the the chaotic side, the adventure. That you know, something changes, something's not going according to plan. Um, what are we going to do about that? And I, and I, I enjoy the um, working through the stuff that's a bit more chaotic, which is um, it's kind of two sides to it, really. If I can have some order around something and have a plan, then yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, so for me, and and. and this is why I like to ask a question and it's important to me. I am very meticulous, so I journal, I have daily habits, a strong morning routine, mm -hmm. principles that I'll follow that will help my business on a daily basis, know what I'm doing, I'm organized, um, habits, lifestyle habits to stay healthy and I love reading, learning, that's always in there, so I have certain things for myself as well. So I'm so hot and strong on that. And if my, if I don't do those things, it impacts my performance productivity in the day mm -hmm. hugely you know if I haven't got my journal written out if I don't know what I'm doing if I haven't got my morning routine strong so the reason I ask it and, and, and I like asking it to the, the guests so far I've been on and just in general conversation even off the podcast is because I'm a huge advocate it's so important to my process the progress I personally make and even clients in the gym getting them into habits and routines so it's really important to me, you know, to find that consistency in daily habits um, is really important. So yeah, I think that 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 word consistency, um, I think, is massively important. Uh, and I'm a big believer in what gets, you know, measured uh, can can improve. You know, if you don't don't write stuff down, you just you over a few weeks you're going to forget where you've where you've come from. Definitely, no, I, I really I really sort of. Um, you know, believe that, and uh, so yeah, and, and and I think as well, like I said a lot to you know, I was chatting to a client earlier was you can't ever control the outcome of something, you know, um, 
and this is actually an interesting one I'll, I'll leave for you, I'll, I'll come on to it, is about human interaction, because you can't control the outcome of the person taking on board what you're saying or what they're going to say. But you can control the behaviours that will lead to the outcome. So mm-hmm. I can't guarantee that I, uh, I don't know how long it will take me to lose weight or gain weight or whatever my goal is. But I can't change that. I can't, I can't control that. But what I can control is the behaviours. So if I consistently use my journal, if I consistently write down my daily habits, if I consistently have an order to do things, uh, self-learning development, those positive, consistent daily behaviours, whatever time it takes, will lead to a positive outcome. Yeah. So that's, I suppose, why it's, uh, in my mind, really important. And, you know, I'm hearing you talk about making your bed and writing down your plan, planning everything, mm-hmm. turning up on time, the to-do list, whatever it may be. They're just behaviours that help Nick to perform better in his day. Yeah, and I, I had an epiphany in businesses. I run two businesses um, around business in general for me. Um, and that was around that changing of that mindset from obsessing about the outcomes to managing the, the behaviours. So for a long time in business, I was obsessed about the money. Where's the money coming from? Need more clients, need to run more workshops, need to do more of this because need more money. And then it dawned on me that it wasn't about the money, it was about the joy. And as long as I could do great work that, of course, you've got to earn the money, um, but that wasn't the end goal, do great work that had massive impact on people and brought us all joy, then I'm doing great work. You know, what, a, what a wonderful position to be in. When that when money ch- comes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And when that changed for you, did your work, has your work been better? Much. It's like the universe has said, about time, Nick. I've been waiting for you to come to this realisation. Um, but it does do though. all the opportunities. It, it does, yeah, it does. It, I think it does do though. It's know? weird. It does it's do. It's weird, but know? it seems to. It's as though the universe is listening. And it, it may not be listening, it may be pure chance, but something's going on. No, but there's an aura, there's an aura to it. The fact that if you're passionate and you go back to passion we spoke about and enjoying it, and I said it's, it's why I'm really excited about getting you on because the way you are is that will lead, that comes across. So when you're delivering a workshop, you've got that aura, that confidence. It's not about the money. It reflects well in good work and you, that sort of... Uh, because you're positive and you're comfortable and you're happy in yourself, it, it resonates across to people when you're having those conversations. Certainly for you, maybe now, human interaction and what you do, I suppose your work's probably better than it's ever been. Oh, yeah, and it, it continues to, to get better. And we're probably in the same business. We're in the people business. Yeah. You know, how do we change lives for, in small ways, big ways? How do we, at the end of the process, whatever that process looks like, how is that person much better off because of the way they've interacted with us or our businesses and that could be families communicating so much better than they ever have teams communicating really well leaders creating a culture where it's safe to communicate really effectively and that's the stuff that that excites me when someone comes back to me and says attended one of your talks and what I did I went home I uh, I took the iPad away from my three-year-old and she's become an amazing child again. You know, that, that's, 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 that's a great morning. Yeah. So you said about a couple of minutes ago, things don't, when things don't go right, how do you overcome that? How do you deal with that? 
if things don't go right. You yeah, that's because it becomes quite exciting. Right? Yeah. So if things don't go right, um, I've stopped beating myself up about it because the world's a wonderful place and loads of stuff don't go right. So um, I just step back. Uh, sometimes I might need to breathe a bit. Um, I no longer panic about it. I just look at the situation and then start working through, okay, what can we do about it? Sometimes you can do a lot about it, sometimes you can't. But look to see what's good about the fact that it's not gone right, where the joy is, and start looking at the, the, the more positive markers around this is what the situation is, what steps can I take to make it better? And it could be anything, it could be anything. So journey home two days ago, um, there, there was an issue on the line, no trains running. Uh, we spoke about uh, this yeah, we spoke on, about, yeah. on the phone. Okay, no trains running, can't do anything about that. Not a major drama, just need to sort it out. And a couple of conversations, it was all it took. You know, who wants to share a cab from here to there? Lovely conversations, great human interactions, and um, a, for some, a complete disaster of a journey. For me, it just turned out to be, yeah, an opportunity to, uh, but but to I, have a conversation. Yeah, but I spoke, we spoke, funny enough, we spoke, and you got, I said, how did your day go? We had an officer chat, didn't we? And then it's like, yeah, not been so good, but here's what it is, and we've overcome it. And it was just a very, just calm, cool, collected way, dealt with it, and, and move on. And, and I think, you know, when, and this is always like for me, and, but something hasn't gone right, go, why, you seem really cool about it, it's fine. Well, not cool about it, but you've only got two options. If it doesn't go right, you're either gonna sulk, get upset, stress, not deal with it, or deal with it. You can only not deal with it or deal with it. There's only two options. So rather than stress, worry, and not deal with it, deal with the problem, make it, put it into a challenge. How are you gonna overcome it? Because the other option is just beat you up and hurts you anyway. So you might as well deal with the situation. Yeah, I, massive believer in that. You know, what, what, what can we do? Not, let's not stress about the issues. What, what can we do? You know, let's, let's start planning uh, some answers. Yeah, and it, business will certainly give you plenty of challenges. And there'll be plenty of occasions where things don't go according to plan or it's a complete pain in the backside, but yeah, that's, that's part of that magical journey, you know, that, that roller coaster that you 100%. decide to jump on if you 100%. start start your own business. So, who are your personal heroes, and why do you hold them in such high regard? Um, I thought long and hard about that. Uh, so, um, and I felt as though I should have a list of business gurus and various other people that I look up to and I struggled. The only person that I have ever really referred to as a personal hero um, and it, it, it might sound a bit trite but it's not meant to is my granddad because he was very quiet but always smiling and I miss him because of his kind of his presence. He just uh, he oozed joy. Didn't matter what was going on, how much pain he was in he still seemed to ooze joy. He was a pleasure and fun to be around. Um, and I'm massively drawn to that style of personality. And um, more, more so than kind of anyone that's made a fortune or achieved great things, you know, great our heroes, business or sporting. 
Um, so yes, it's to me it was much simpler than that. Who do I respect? And it's it's those people that I got to know quite well and were, were full of joy. Yeah, um, you spoke about learning earlier. So a couple of questions I wanted to ask you was learning was important. And it sounds like on a daily basis for your personal development. So how does learning look for you, and what do you do to self for your self development? Um, do you have any and do you have any mentors um, or anyone in your industry you can you can look up to? So um, some I would say informal mentors, and I should be better at this. I should have a more formal group of people, a mastermind group, or a, a number of mentors that I can sit down with on a regular basis and say, this is what the world looks like. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I have a number of those that are more informal. You know, great conversations over cups of coffee um, with people that have been there and done it and have massive wisdom and a different view. Um, and will just challenge my, my thinking. But always, I'm a big fan of always learning. So for me, what it looks like, I read a huge amount, always looking for... What things would you read? What's, what, what uh, is that? What? Anything, ideally, anything in the, in the sphere of communication. So I'm obsessed by <coughs> communication, so I want to surround myself with different views and thinking about how can we communicate better. Turns out there's a lot written about it, but I'm tending to read the stuff that's more recent. I've read masses in the past, but now, because communication moves at such a pace, yeah. anything from about 2016 onwards, I'll read. Anything before that, possibly not. So, any books you can recommend? Obviously, Modern Zombies is recommended. I'm we read. It's my next book. I'm actually, book. so I read a chapter a day mm-hmm. of books. I've got about 10 pages left of my current book I'm reading. Uh, next book's going to be Modern Zombies by Nick Luby. And um, I appreciate you giving me the book, mate. So other than this book, plug, no, I'm only joking. Other than this book um, <laughs> for you. No, no, mate, and, and I genuinely mean it. I'm really looking forward to reading it because you say you fascinate me. That's a genu- I genuinely mean that. Um, any other books that you read or you, you recommend they say you're reading? What's, what's the book? So um, there's, there's, there, well, there's, there's loads. The list is loads. Um, the Participation Revolution by Neil Gibb, who is based in Colchester. So it's a, a, a real win if you can get him on the, the podcast. Big fan of that book. Changed the way I think about the future of business. And uh, it led to many conversations between Neil and I. Uh, be More Pirate, it's a great book. Encouraged me to be even more courageous and uh, make good trouble, which was great. Um, Sumo, I really enjoyed. Can't remember who wrote it now, which is, uh, which is embarrassing. Um, and I, I enjoyed... Uh, but it's not necessarily the author, is it? Because sometimes no. it's just about the content in the book yeah. that you resonate with. Yeah, anyway. shut up and move on. It's the... It's the, the the core of that, yeah. that book, the, the sumo. Um, really enjoyed the You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar book that Rupert would have uh, Yeah, no, that's it, yeah, it's a book, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, really well put together book. So it's just, it's constant. Yeah. It's constant. Anything that kind of sparks my interest thinking, ah, here's a view on communication. Here's a view on and then would you, social media so, manipulation. Yeah, so this is... I think this is relevant to anyone really. You read a book, you learn something, you take it on board. If it's business related or relevant to your industry, you can then, well, I'm going to try it. 
you learn something new, interact with someone, try it. Do you do that now? Do you find if you, if you find a point of view that you like, you may have not tried, will you then try that with people you're working with and in audience to. to sort of test it almost? Yeah, have to. Otherwise, it's, it's gone. Yeah, I and get I, it. I'm a, I, I guess a weakness of mine is because I read so much and I hunger for more knowledge, I'll absorb some information and then I'll, I'll go on to the next, next book and the next uh, amazing and idea. And it's almost forgotten about a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so I've stopped doing that and I'll read and then I'll practice and I'll play with what, I, what I've learned and then I'll, I'll share that and see, see if it, how, how it resonates. I think that's great advice for anyone, isn't it? You know, to not, you know if, you, if you're learning something in a book, take your time, reread it again, test it, try it out because otherwise you're just reading for the sake of reading. There's got to be, you know, you want to learn and, and then if you're, if you're learning, impact the person you're going to try and teach. So. Yeah, one of my favourite questions to my clients when we're talking about communication is what does it look like and what does it feel like and when I'm reading and I absorb some new information I want to know for me what, what's that look like Nick and what does that feel like and then go out and practice and play with it and just see if it, if it, if it massively resonates then great it's made the world somewhat different yeah no, it's brilliant so what advice would you give to someone starting in your industry or in business and yeah, so, and then the other thing I'd like to ask is what advice maybe you'd give to Nick Luby 10 years ago, 20 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, good old Nick. What you know now. <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, 10 years ago, I, I just needed to give myself a little bit of a, a slap, really, and to stop worrying about the money. To stop focusing on, on uh, revenue. And that comes, that kind of comes to, the advice I'd give anyone who's in their early journey of their business. Focus more on, and Simon, Simon Sinek does this really well, yeah, focus on the why, focus on the, the purpose of what on earth are you doing it for? And that, that a lot of businesses start because they're really good at something and they, they, they want to generate revenue, they want to be in charge of their own destiny. And they kind of, and I certainly did, I lost my way you know, I had, had a good idea of what it, I wanted it to look like, but lost my way and got obsessed with um, numbers of clients and, and revenue and turnover and, and the numbers. And the numbers are important, I get that, but I lost my way around the purpose why I was doing it. And the reason I was doing it is I wanted more freedom. I wanted more time to do the things that I absolutely loved. And I, I started doing stuff that I didn't enjoy. And it didn't make me or my business any better. So um, main piece of advice was be, be very clear about your, your purpose, why you're getting into business, what it is you can do that adds massive value to your clients. And if that's the case, if you find something that adds massive value, what does that mean for you? To get to that point, is it like, is it like a lot of self-reflection? Have you had to like to analyze and how do you, because that's real, that's words of wisdom there and that's such great advice and you know, hearing you say that, I think yeah, that's brilliant. It's something for you know, me to think about and I think anyone listening to that is, is so important to, once you understand your why. But what I mean is, so I suppose, is you go down, when, you know, you're going down the wrong direction of someone you wanted to be. When did it realize, when did you realize that? How does it get to the point where you knew that wasn't the right, Way and, and then obviously changing about it because people could probably just be doing it for 20 years and not know any different. Every time you get to that 
that crossroads where you think, you know what, it would be easier if I went and got a job. Every one of those crossroads, you think, hold on a second, it, it might be easier, you know, and that this, this mythical nine to five that you can close the door on, which is stress-free, I don't know if that exists anymore, but at those crossroads where you think, it's so much easier if I work for someone else, you need reminding of why you started this in the first place. And I've had a few of those, you know, of course I have. Um, been running a business long enough to, yeah, to have the downs as well as the, the ups. But it's, it's the moments of, the massive moments of joy that remind you actually, ah, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. And that joy isn't about the money. Yeah, so a couple more things I just want to ask you. We chatted off air about the ultra, this, this intense run you want to do. Yeah. And yeah, the Brain Brawner Business Podcast, it's business, it's getting into people's mindsets and brains mm-hmm. of business owners, but there is a fitness element, a brawn element. Yep. Um, so I know you're an advocate of fitness. How does, fit, does fitness help you in your day-to-day work that you do? And do you feel there's a crossover between your business and your fitness and what you do there? Yeah, I think, I think they're linked in a very solid way. If, if I'm really busy and I don't have, I can't find time to, to go for a run or go for a walk or just get out of a building and, and see the sky, um, it's massively draining. And if you're running workshops, it's hard work. Okay, that might not sound like it, but you're, at, you're on demand all day long. Um, and you need to be able to re-energize. And I find the more exercise I do, the more energy I have. It sounds counterintuitive, but anyone it's who true. runs, anyone who works out will no doubt agree. It's true. That you're far more energized and you see the world differently. So I, I, I love to run, um, which kind of I hear myself saying that and it sounds odd, but I love to run with other people. I love the community aspect and I love the kind of the, the, the challenge and the, the work so let's talk challenging mm. because this this ultra so for anyone that's thinking what's this about is where you are going to run um it's 4.1 miles yes. every hour yep and almost complete 4.1 miles rest of the time is yours how long you can keep going last person standing yes insane challenge so you talk about challenges. What? Why are you doing the challenge? What's drawing you to it? Really and good. Really are you excited about it? Um, <laughs> it's a blend of excitement and uh, fear. Uh, fear based. I don't want to be the first one to stop. But fear. So fear can drive you, or oh, yeah. be negative. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Fear how you deal is, with um, it. Yeah, fear is is a motivator, for sure. But yeah, I, I love. I absolutely love a challenge, across across life in general. Give me a challenge and let's work out how to do it. I'm most excited about how do you manage the, a, a reasonable run and a period where you're not running. How do you manage the, the in-between bits? And I, I don't run that well, so I can't, you know, I won't be challenging the leaders, but how many loops can I do? Can I do one more loop when I feel as if I've nothing But the goal else? isn't to be the quickest round each 4.1 miles the goal is to can you how long you can last for isn't it yeah it is and so it's working it's working out your goal and this is the goals everything's yeah. about goals and you know talk goals with clients so what's the goal and then what's the actions 
that you need to put in place to get the goal. So your goal is to last the longest. So we're going to have a chat off air about, yeah, I want to give you a couple of ideas. I, know. I said it about sounds, keep going, didn't ridiculous. I? I said keep going, yeah. and it's funny. So yeah. you, you're going to try and complete in a certain time. And it sounds like a crazy I'm challenge. I'm going to challenge you to maybe just keep and going. It's, it's something, I've never done anything like it before. Yeah. Um, and it will mean I have to run for a lot longer. But does that excite you though? Yeah. You know, you haven't done something before. It's a bit of an unknown. Does that excite you? Massively. Yeah. 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 The, the, a challenge where um, you really don't know how it's going to go is more exciting than a challenge thinking, yeah, I've done this before. But personal you know. goals are really important, aren't they? You yeah. know, we're talking a lot of business today and stuff, but you, know, you spoke about things you do personally to help you and your self-development. You know, we need personal goals. Can't just be business goals focused because that's life. Life's for living and having... You need personal goals. So what a huge goal that is, you know, coming up next June for you. Yeah, and it, if I don't set myself outside of, of business, if I don't set myself goals and challenges and, and put you know, running events in the diary, um, it, it, it kind of slows me down physically and mentally. You can lose a bit mentally. of purpose. Do you think you can yeah. lose a bit of purpose? Yeah, massively. Yeah. And I think um, for a long time I was obsessed by my business and businesses, um, and it was all about the business. And that, that's not a healthy place to be okay I get it. it's important and especially if other people rely on you and your business but if you don't have um, any challenges or any life outside of that it's not gonna take too long before you're overwhelmed and massively burnt out you know you've got to find time for you yeah it's such an important thing because you know I feel like you've got to be able to to serve others you've got to be able to look after yourself haven't you mm -hmm. If you don't look after yourself, you know, I know if I don't look after myself here, I can't serve my clients. I'm a role model to them, setting an example, and to my family, my children. Yep. So, you know, same for you, isn't it? You're serving your clients. You've got, if Nick's in a good place, Nick's positive, Nick's healthy, Nick's doing stuff for him, it's going to impact the, the work you're doing. Yeah, if, if I get an opportunity to communicate with people, then it's, it's massively important that I am on fire. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm on stage, for example, you know, we've got hundreds of people in the audience, they want to be entertained, they want massively you know, interesting and valuable content delivered in a way that hugely resonates, That's, you, you've got to be on top of your game if yeah. you're going to do that. Get it. So, words you live by, do you have any words you live by, any favourite quotes? My favourite quote, and it's got me out of um, some tough stuff in the past, is, um, and it, there's various different iterations, it's that which does not destroy us makes us stronger and I, I kind of rely on it less now but there was a time where that was almost my mantra you know doing the really tough stuff then thinking at some point I'm going to come through this and it's going to make me who I am and it will craft a version of me who's more resilient who's stronger who's more able to cope um, and who's, who's more up for the adventure and that's kind of where I where I've got to I and I love this, I love the answer you've given and chatting to people around the podcast, it's the same thing that's been said. The challenges and the struggles makes people better. It shapes you but in a positive way. You can't just, you know, almost get out of your comfort zone a little bit because get out of your comfort zone is where good things happen. And um, people have said that, it's been said in the podcast, I believe it. So it's, yeah, I get it. Yeah, one of my... Um Big concerns of the, the kind of the way communication is evolving, uh, and our reliance upon our technology, is that, that, that certainly what I see is a, there's a whole generation that um, would rather view 
content on a screen and go out and do whatever they're viewing. Okay, we, and it doesn't take you too long before you realize you learn by doing rather than by watching someone else 100%. do it. Um, and I think there's, um, there's a tendency that people aren't getting outside of their comfort zone. They're not getting out to start with. They're not pushing themselves because they're, they're fearing what failure looks like. I think our education system is, is punishing failure. So I, I'm, um, my optimism takes a battering when I look at the future generations and, and what the world looks like. You're having to battle against that in your business now, the way it is yeah. because of this. Really hard, really hard. I'm, I'm, a lot of the conversations that people are having um, around technology is what is it doing to uh, different generations? And uh, there's a, a lot of research pointing that it's not doing a younger generation. Do you do any? any your are you doing anything for children? Are you doing uh, for the, your stuff? Is that an area you looked at? Because actually, might need to go to you know you start by interacting with children. So they're going to learn it because what I mean by that is I know children. Our environment will shape us. Children will learn from our parents. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that's why it's so important for me and my ch- young family being a role model and, and, and teaching them the right things and, and hopefully being inspired by me and, and setting that example. So do you find it's maybe the way you need to go? So this is where it gets difficult. So, um, and this is where people start saying, well, your, your message is anti-technology and, and it, it most definitely isn't. I love my, my tech. Um, so there, there is a, there's a, a big gap between where I'm coming from and let's say where a 14 year old is coming from okay my background is different my world is different to, to theirs and I I don't fully appreciate um, what their world looks like so I'm not the right person to go into schools and say okay here are the this is what the situation looks like here are the um, the things to watch out for here are potential concerns that you might want to consider um, they need to hear that message from one of their peers not from a middle-aged guy like like me and it doesn't matter where I'm speaking if I've got an audience um, and I'm we're having a bit of a Q&A from stage the first question I get asked almost without fail is how do I communicate with my kids and parents get it parents have you done any it. have you done and so have you done anything with families have you done any stuff with with schools have you gone into schools and Some. done it yet some uh, for a slightly older age group, neat, 16, I think 18, be a great audience for, I think university great age, um, and it's my stuff's great fun. You know, it's it's entertaining and it's informative, um, but it requires a kind of an open mind. You know, because it's not for everybody; it's, it's only for the courageous. Um, and I think there needs to be a lot more work done to open up the minds of um, people that are hiding behind their technology yeah so just to give some context to people listening in because we've had a we had a chat off air before we went live and we were speaking about um social media and the communication and i, I just want to give some context to to yourself because you're saying you know, people saying oh you don't like social media but how we described it and we were chatting earlier is i hugely believe in social platforms yep um for me i love sharing content about uh, health fitness business what it may be if i can help people because that's important to me um, and this is where it's really valuable because you can share some good content. People might read it and be inspired by that to connect. Like us, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, I've seen your stuff on LinkedIn. Yep. We were connected. I think you'd be great to talk about it. We've connected. 
since then we've now struck a conversation and a nice uh, relationship. So mm-hmm. suddenly we, you know, we start, we see each other. So there's a relationship formed. So that to me, where social media has a great, um, a great benefit. Yeah. That reason, me and you connection, now having a chat like we are in person, and I think that's. I suppose I'm just reinforcing message of people getting confused what you're saying because that's what that's for you how it is isn't it it's social media that connecting people in that way to lead to a human interaction away from that yes i i I look at it and i think it's it's amazing um as long as it's used as an enabler for for good stuff and in my world good stuff is a human interaction so if social media enables more human brilliant if it simply replaces the human interaction then I start to start to worry because there's a darker side to it um, and if you if you lose yourself in well, anything are kind of online really if you, you don't stop and see what the real world looks like you run the risk that um, you start believing a lot of the nonsense and it leads to uh, some tough tough times and I think one of the reasons it's um, it's really tough to be young right now is because everything's under the microscope when I was young it, no one gave a, gave a toss really and I was out and about getting mucky and it, no one cared uh, including me but now everything is everybody cares you know everyone's got an opinion everything's everyone's taken a picture everyone's uh, got access to uh, a way to name and shame other people so there's a lot more fear associated with um, the way people grow up right now and a lot of that fear is is unfounded but and you and I will probably know that but um, until you go out and see what the world really looks like you run the risk of, of believing what you see on the screen uh, so I think social media could be a, a force for good uh, and it, it, if it's used as a force for good brilliant and if, if it does really connect people and it brings them closer together and creates community, amazing. If it's just used to manipulate and, and push people in certain directions and polarize people, then it's clearly not a force for good. Yeah, so been great catching up with you, Nick. Very Thanks kind. so Thank much you. for coming on the podcast and sharing some really good advice and insight there, mate. Um, I will leave it in the notes of the podcast, but how can people find you? What have you currently got going on? Um, and is there anything else where people connect or, or, yeah, let's say up and coming events? Okay, so yeah, there's, there's, there's lots going on um, kind of in Essex, Suffolk, lots of workshops for uh, business startups around pitching and networking, um, doing quite a bit of work with the New Anglia Growth Hub and Suffolk County Council. So there's workshops coming. There's some workshops in Colchester coming. There's workshops in London coming. So September, October is is a busy time. And all of these workshops are aimed at um, young businesses. Uh, all around the, the, the kind of skills and strategies to, to communicate as a, as a, as a business um, with that amazing audience that are out there. Yeah. Um, and at some point, I want to start my own podcast series. So there's another conversation we'll have off air because people keep asking me when's my next book coming out and You're it's painful one? writing a book no, no really painful I'd much rather do a load of podcasts like yes. this a lot more fun yeah yeah definitely and where can people find you I know you're on LinkedIn yeah so uh, at Nick Luby 
on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter occasionally. <laughs> uh, should do more. Um, or you can contact me on my email address if you, uh, if you dare. Email is such a pain in your ass. But yeah, <laughs> I'm nick at feetontheground.co.uk. Great stuff. Nick, thanks again for coming on, mate. Absolute it's been great pleasure. catching up with you. Thanks, mate. Many thanks. Cheers. Really enjoyed that catch up with Nick. And Nick's such an interesting guy. He's got a lot of uh, good things to say. Um, loved his just his session with communication and human interaction and his alternative approach to how to, yeah, get along with people, how to communicate with people. And I think anyone interested in connecting with him should do so and certainly look at the courses he's got coming up, which I will leave in the notes. Some of the take-home points... Certainly where he said he stopped beating himself up, learning how to just relax, clear your thoughts, look at the situation, see where he could do better and move forward. They're really good value in that in terms of um, self-development and progress. He reads a lot and he's very, very um, determined on developing himself further. He loves challenges, the importance of having personal goals how as he's progressed through life, he's realised to stop worrying about money, focus on his true purpose. And I think when we can get a real purpose and have real passion, a real why of why we want to do something, why we want to achieve it, we will certainly offer so much more value to people and that approach will certainly get to where you want to get to rather than just worrying about the monetary aspect. And his quote, he loved, what doesn't destroy you only makes you stronger, I think has real value and certainly lessons learned for anyone that goes through any challenges or disappointment to overcome them. It does make you stronger to come out the other side a better person and better for it. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to today's Brain, Brawn and Business podcast. I'd love to hear from you, so please tweet me or on Instagram at Ollie Burquez, O-L-L-I-E, or Facebook and LinkedIn, Oliver Burquez, O-L-I-V-E-R. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and if you enjoyed the episode, then please leave us a review, and we look forward to checking in with you at the next episode.